Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. It is season four, episode two. Woo! <laughs> Gotta take what we can get these days. Today I am fully vaccinated and have my two weeks in the bag. So when I see people, if it's safe for them, I can hug them, which feels like not just a good thing, but it feels like one step closer to whatever the future holds. And I I don't even pretend to know what that is. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Wasco, Cowlitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, and Malala, and many other tribes that made their home along the Columbia River. I want to remind everybody that it is important to do a land acknowledgement, but it is equally, if not more important, to not only do a land acknowledgement and think about the land you're on, but give to indigenous projects, indigenous um groups that maybe are in your own area if you are in the United States or Canada. But look for ways to not only acknowledge with your mouth, but acknowledge with your money. And one of the ways I do that is I try to, when I buy gifts, is to give to a group in Portland called the Indigenous Come Up and um, or Indigenous Marketplace. And I'll put the link to stuff that they sell in the show notes. So here we go. What I want to talk about today is this idea of sort of like when it rains, it pours, um, or bad things come in threes, or hard things. That's something that um, when I was a minister at the bridge, the church that I used to be a part of, um, and bad things would happen or hard things would happen. Um, If you're not used to that or if you grew up in the church where there's this idea that your goodness is tied up in the positive things that happen to you. And if good things aren't happening to you, then there must be something wrong with you or you committed a sin or any number of things. And so when more than one bad thing would happen or the people in the community and myself included would experience um, something hard and then another hard thing would happen and another hard thing would happen, I would say, it's okay, you know, this is normal and it, you know, probably at least three things are going to happen. Um. But um, I think what that did, it's it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to, like, if you can rearrange your thoughts around the things that happen to you or the things that happen to people that you love. It can help us kind of navigate the rough waters of bad things happening, which they do, and it's not a reflection on... Your worth as a person. 
just things happen. I think the thing that's been extra hard during the pandemic is we're living through a time that we're not prepared for. We didn't think was going to last this long. And generationally, we don't really have, except for the Spanish flu, we don't really have anything to compare it to. And it's happening globally. So we're living through this difficult time, holding this tension, which we are still doing, by the way. That's what it drives me crazy when people are like, I'm vaccinated, everything's fine now. Or, you know, we're in 2021, it's all uphill from here or downhill. (laughs) I guess downhill, it didn't feel downhill. It's all downhill from here because... We're out of 2020 and and that's not realistic. We're still moving through uncharted waters. And a lot of us, as well as moving through uncharted waters, are also holding the space inside of us that we don't want it to return to normal. We don't want it, things to go back to the way they were. We want systems of oppression to change. We want things to become more equal and for people to have access to the freedoms that only a few have access to. So anyway, when we are experiencing difficulty, and for me the only thing that I can really compare the pandemic to is when I was going through... um my repressed memories when when at um i think it started when i was 29 pregnant with my son and i started having memories for the first time and so i had no grounding the 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 solid earth under my feet was not solid anymore and so i had to kind of regain my footing and then try to figure out how to have a life but also have a life that reflected what I wanted my life to be like I didn't couldn't see the end because I was in it and when I was in it it also revealed so many things that at the beginning I had no idea would be revealed like who was the perpetrator, the way my family would respond to the trauma that I was going through, which created more trauma and trauma upon trauma upon trauma. And I'm just trying to find my footing and decide, I don't want this for my kids. I I have to break the cycle. So obviously it's not the same situation. We are in this time that we are still in, no matter where you are in the world, you are in in it still. And I can't speak for countries that maybe did it better than we did it in the United States or like New Zealand or um, maybe countries that did really well in the beginning and now aren't doing as well because they didn't get access to the vaccine as quickly or whatever. Um... I'm more talking about 
this is not something that we can even guess. We don't, we can't guess what, how this is going to affect us in the future. And when you're living in something, through something, it makes it really difficult to grieve while you're going through it. Like for me in that time, you know, I was going through the fight of my life to, um, keep myself together while I was quickly falling apart, while my life as I knew it was also falling apart. And while the people that I thought I could trust were proving that they were not trustworthy. And so I didn't have space to grieve. And it wasn't until much later, I would say years later, when Zion was born and Brennan was born and they probably even... in in school maybe already and um the grief started to squeak out and the grief squeaked out I wasn't trying to hold it in but mainly at the realization that the life that I wanted or the life that I had pictured for my children with safe grandparents and you know doing the things that I had grown up doing like you know baking Christmas cookies and the traditions were not going to be something that my kids would have with the people that I thought that they were going to have them with, that I would not have a mother, and that um, it would take a long, long time before my father was um, back in my life. And so I started to grieve those things, and, you know, you're grieving what all this stuff that you can't control while also the stuff that happened to you while you're grieving what your children won't have or what your what you won't have or what your child self won't have and and so I'm trying to illustrate that I don't think we've even begun to tap into grief as globally because we can't we can only touch it you know we can only touch touch at the grief, but until we move through it and start to go back to whatever our normal is going to be, we can't really grieve what we've lost. We, we also can't grieve all of the tragedies that have happened while we've been going through this. All of the black lives that have been lost by, by, at the hands of police. We... We can't grieve, um, you know, the shootings that have happened or the what's happening to the Palestinians or all of the people trying to cross the border into the United States for freedom that were separated from their children. We can't grieve the protests and the attacks on protesters. We, we have grief upon grief upon grief inside of us that will need a way to express itself. And so we are holding that kind of space right now. I can feel it when I talk to you. I can feel like this, you know, that I, as I try to engage in mindful practices and staying attuned to myself and aware and present there's just also this thing inside of me that um, isn't ready to come out because it's still kind of weathering the storm of what we're living through. And that brings me to the other thing that I want to talk about, the 
hard things come in threes. I'm I'm realizing that that was good. Um, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that was a that was good awareness for the time I was in, but it's not real. I think hard things come in threes and fours and fives and sixes where we are barely able to hang on to ourselves because we are being blasted. And um, that's kind of been my experience in the last month and a half where we found out our dog had a tumor and the tumor was benign. And then we found out that no, it's possible there was cancer in there. Going to have to amputate. Okay, hard, but also there's some good in there. Like he is going to, you know, be almost back to 80-90%. Then my youngest brother got sick. And um, they went in thinking, you know, something's wrong. Maybe it's COVID. He got treated really shitty. Um, And then... It got bigger and bigger, and you know how it is where you think you're going in for something that's like, you know, serious, because COVID is very serious, but my brother is also young and healthy, and and it becomes now we're dealing with potential cancer or parasites or um, bone marrow treatments and all of this stuff, and every day is a new thing. And I'm not in it with him, but I am holding my own grief and my own sorrow for my brother while also trying to hold on to hope that he's going to be okay. And also for me, really important in my deconstruction, and when I talk about deconstruction, for those of you that have listened to this podcast a long time, you'll know what I'm talking about. When I say deconstruction, I have been deconstructing my faith for um, probably 20 years now. And I still have a faith. I still have a spiritual practice. It looks nothing like it did 20 years ago. And so when I say deconstructing, there's just things where I've arrived with what I call creator that... I don't do anymore. And so I had this along with, you know, trying to hold space, pray, you know, be mindful about my brother. I also, for me, it was really important that I did not go back to the things that I had been raised with, Um, like name it and claim it and casting sickness out and um, things like that. It's I don't have a problem with people that do that. It's not the relationship that I have with with my creator anymore. And so there was this moment where I was leaving the archery range one day and there had been another piece of pretty bad news. And um, I could feel that old need to you know pray a certain way and I stopped myself and I said I don't believe in you that way anymore 
I believe that prayer is a conversation and the conversation is creator or universe or whatever you out there listening call spirit helping hold me together while I'm dealing with this thing that is very painful and I said I will not go back to believing in that kind of God because I cannot believe in a God that picks and choose chooses who gets to live and die in that way like if I pray hard enough if I do the right thing then this person will be alive today well then my brother-in-law my husband's brother would be alive if that was the case because people were praying and making sacrifices and you know casting things out and doing whatever and he still died of cancer so for me I just have this hard and fast thing that I can't go there anymore it's a trigger for me so our dog needs his leg amputated and my brother is getting the worst possible information you know from the doctors and my father-in-law goes into the hospital for diabetes complication and can't be seen really by any more than one one person the entire time he's there other than his wife and our car breaks down and my son needs emergency dental surgery (laughs) and uh, I know there's more in there so so much happening that at one point I was you know asking friends to like hold us in their thoughts and I started laughing because I just it doesn't even it doesn't even sound like like real it sounds like I'm making something up my daughter was asking for an extension on a project for school and she was trying to email her professor and just say, hey, this is what's been going on. This is why I missed that quiz. If you need, you know, proof that this stuff was happening, I'll give you proof. And I bet you the professor thought she was lying because it's ridiculous how much stuff was going on. And um, I feel like maybe there was also a... Oh, my niece... My brother's daughter was diagnosed with COVID at the same time they were going through all this. So, so much happening. And I was talking to somebody else and they were saying the same thing, that they were having one thing after another happening. And so any one of those things on its own, outside of a pandemic, is stressful. And we have to hold on to ourselves. But when you put all of those things together, along with the pandemic, it's, it's, it's even more than holding on to ourselves. We have to maybe also lose ourselves a little bit. And what I mean by that is, I don't mean lose ourselves, but I mean allow ourselves to lose it a little bit. And I think one of the things that we do as humans is we try to 
perform. And let me break that down for you. We try to, it's, it, either, it either is, we try to overperform, stay in control, show up, be our best selves, which is awesome. Or we become the thing that everybody, even the people that are experiencing the hardship, are having to, you know, cater to. So, you know, if it was, you know, my son is having dental problems and then I can't cope and so I make it all about me and then my son is not even allowed to have a feeling around having dental surgery. That's the kind of thing I'm I'm talking about. It's either we become so capable or so incapable. And the thing about being capable is often we don't get the things that we need. We're trying to hold it together for our friends, for our partner, for our children, for our pets. <laughs> We're trying to hold it together so nobody feels like they also have to carry us. But at the same time, we need safe places to express those things, to curl up in a ball and cry. That, that's, that's a human need and it's also something that gives us far more than just that um, emotional release it gives us a physical release it puts those those things that we're storing in our bodies it puts them out of our bodies tears are just magic they are and and for those of us that sometimes have difficulty crying you know it you can use things you can use a sad movie you can read a poem you can listen to a song that you know gets you every time but letting yourself express the deep needs of grief and overwhelm are so powerful because it's like that analogy that gets overused about, you know, put your own, when you're, when the plane goes down, you, you know, you're supposed to, or as when this, when the air masks come down, put your own air mask on first and then tend to other people that's usually used as self-care but I think it's also like those emotions need a place to go those things that we're holding inside because we don't want to overwhelm other people will squirt out they just will and or we'll do what I was talking about last week we'll turn them in on ourselves and that's not good either because yeah you might think that you're protecting other people from from you know, losing it or, um, you know, crying or shouting or whatever might happen. But you're not. People can feel it. They can sense it. The, the best way forward when we're moving through this kind of overwhelm or overload is to give ourselves space to feel. And sometimes that's also, you know, complicated because we are not just trying to hold it together for the, you know, for the person that we're taking care of or we're, 
you know, trying to help them manage, you know, all their doctor's appointments and the things that are happening and as well as cooking meals and, you know, showing up for in the other ways that we're supposed to show up. So sometimes it's as simple as we we don't feel like we have the time, but the bathroom is always there for you and the shower is always there for you. And if you are somebody that needs a place to cry that is um, away from other people, those are two favorite spots of mine. <laughs> because sometimes I just need to know that it's going to be private, not so much because I'm embarrassed about crying around other people. I need to have almost just the right atmosphere to feel like my body can really let down. But when we are going through overload to give ourselves little spaces to grieve, to cry, to rage, you know, screaming in your pillow can be very powerful. Punching a pillow can feel really good. When we feel out of control because of all these things that are happening to us or to the people we love, giving those releases to ourselves can be the very thing that enables us to keep going for the people that need us to keep going. Because this is real life. And I think that that's the, that's the thing that get, gets messed up by religion is um, it's so tied in with our goodness. Um, it's so tied in with performance um, that it's hard for us to be able to look at ourselves and be fair. You know, because we're thinking if I was just, you know better at praying, if I was just a better daughter, if I was just a better son, if I was a better wife, if I was a better partner, if I was kinder, if I didn't have those negative judgmental thoughts, you know, any fill in the blank, if I was fill in the blank. We all have those things that this performance thing kicks in and we think we would not be going through any of this if we were X, Y, Z. But this book that I'm reading that I mentioned last week, um, Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving, he talks about the good enough, the good enough wife, the good enough therapist, the good enough daughter. And I think that's something that I'm working on is... I want to be okay with the good enough. You know, the good enough mom, the good enough friend. And not be trying to be perfect in these situations that are as far away from perfect as we could possibly get. That are loaded with not only the just the hard process of going through them like what doctors tell you what vets tell you what the what the mechanic tells you you know what your bank account tells you but also possibly loaded with triggers for us because we're complex people and some of the things that might happen to you when you're going through these you don't even realize are 
you know, triggers or um, familiar to a painful event or a painful way that you had to go through something as a child or a teen or whatever. Like, we're complicated and we're not only complicated, but we're survivors. So we survived the things that we survived, which is a miracle. And we've come out the other side and those things sometimes still snag us. So the more gentle we can be with ourselves, the more compassionate we can be with ourselves, I think on the other side, just like the pandemic, on the other side, when it gets to the letdown, the possibility of feeling those feelings that need to be felt, it's not going to be as hard to get at them, or maybe it won't take us out like it possibly did in the past, because we've been sort of engaging the whole time. We've been allowing those feelings to come with as little judgment as possible. They're just a feeling. I'm just a human having a feeling about something that feels overwhelming. I'm just a human having a feeling of something that makes me feel powerless. I'm just a human having a feeling about something I can't control. I'm just a human having a feeling. And that's all. So whatever you're in right now, whatever your three, four, five, six is, you know, whatever multiple things that you have going that are hard for you to navigate, I just, I want you to know that you're not alone. I know I'm not alone because I have friends that are going through similar things. They don't have a job. They're navigating the unemployment system. They're looking for a job. They're trying to make ends meet. They're not sure about, you know, what's going to happen with their living situation in the future. Will they get a job? You know, all of these things are happening to us. And I want to be that person for myself and for the people that I love and for the people that listen here and for my clients to be like, you're not alone. This is normal. It doesn't feel normal because we're not taught how to navigate this kind of living. And it would be so helpful if somebody would have just said to me, you know, as a teenager, this is totally normal. I know it completely sucks to like lose your boyfriend, not have a date for prom, your car breaks down, your parents are getting divorced. You know, your grandparents in the hospital. All of that is normal, even though it feels abnormal. Before I say goodbye, I want to leave you with a practice, something that you can try this week. This is one of the things that I did as soon as I found out about my brother is I first thing in the morning and and remember if you're not somebody that is good first thing in the morning you could do the same thing at night before you go to bed. And what I did is right when I woke up I laid in bed for like 3 extra minutes. And I just checked in with myself. How am I feeling physically? 
How am I feeling mentally, spiritually, emotionally? And then I tried to listen and not judge or do anything about what what I was feeling. Start with three minutes. One of the things that people often do, and I've been guilty of this in the past, is to start off going, oh, three minutes isn't enough. I mean, start with one minute if that's easier for you. Um, is they start with like, oh, I'll do it for 20 minutes. And then that's not maintainable for most people. And that's a really huge benchmark to reach day one. Just lying in bed, sitting with yourself and kind of noticing how you feel. Is there any place in your body where you're holding tension? My jaw is usually the place where I'm just, um, you know, I'm not grinding my teeth, but I'm definitely locking my jaw or, you know, from the back of my neck down into my shoulders. So just notice you don't have to do anything. You're not trying to fix it. You're just noticing it. And any time spent listening to yourself is good. You could also do this in the form of a body scan. I've talked about this in previous episodes where you lay down, you get comfortable and relaxed, and you just kind of take yourself from the top of your head, you know, through your face muscles, the back of your head, your neck, your shoulders, your chest, your belly, your butt, your legs, um, your knees, you know, down to your feet. And just notice, scan over each of those spots and just notice. And if you notice you're holding anywhere, like physically holding my jaw or I'm tightening my face or I'm not remembering to breathe, I just go to that spot and I say to myself, you can loosen your jaw now. It's possible that immediately I'll tighten my jaw again, but for that moment, I'm trying to relax my jaw or relax my face. Um, The reason that we're doing this is we don't want to let things stay trapped in our bodies. So the other thing that I did is once I kind of either did the first thing, which was the how am I feeling physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? And am I, am I holding any tension in my body for the one to three minutes or the body scan? The next thing that I did is I just laid there and held my brother, held the thing that was the hardest thing for me to deal with in that moment. And I just kind of imagined him and opened my hands and just, you know, kind of... <laughs> presented him to the universe or if you if you have a faith practice where you pray if you have whatever it is that you do to hold space do that and I kind of just imagined him in my arms lifting him to the universe kind of like I can't carry this thing it's so big I need help carrying this hard thing. I need help carrying all of these hard things. And then the next thing I did is I reached out to people that I know would have my back. I reached, I mean, my sister was part of the um, thing with my brother, so we were talking. And then I 
reached out to two friends um, that live close to me, and I reached out to a good friend um, in Holland, and I told them what was going on, and I asked them to hold space for my brother and for everything else that was happening because it was too big for me. And I, I am a person that believes in vulnerability and tries to practice vulnerability in my life. One of the hardest things for me to do is ask for help. And it's a practice that I've built, but it's still, you know, in the heat of the moment, sometimes it's hard for me to reach out and just say, I I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to, I just need to know somebody is holding my brother or somebody is holding my son. Somebody's holding our dog. And it's something that looking back on it now, I'm so grateful that I took the risk, which it's, you know, it is a risk. Even if they're good friends, it's a risk because it's just hard to trust people with your, with your vulnerable self. And, um, those people have really shown up for me and have checked in on me and have asked if they could do anything or if they haven't heard from me in a while, have texted me and said, hey, is there any news about your brother? And I just want you to know that this is a lot and I'm here and I'm thinking about you. So that's what I want to leave you with is either in the morning or the evening Hold that space with yourself. And it's almost like, I don't want this to sound cheesy, but it's it's as if you're giving yourself a hug where you're saying, I have got you. Because we have to have ourselves. Because we are the soft place for, for us to land. We. I am Angie's soft place if I allow myself to be. If I can quiet the critic and allow myself to be that soft place. So in the evening before you go to sleep or in the morning before you get up, holding that space for yourself, either through, like I said, kind of checking in with yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, or doing the body scan, and then also anything that you're holding, any hard thing that you are holding or multiple hard things that you're holding is hold them in that moment. Do whatever you do that helps you know that you're not alone. Hold it up to creator, hold it up to spirit, pray, or just be with it in that moment. Acknowledging that it's being held by something other than just yourself. And then reach out to one or two safe people that you know are going to check in with you, that are going to see how you're doing and that are trustworthy, and that will hold that space with you. Because we we have to get through this. The world needs us. We have to get through this. And um, I want us to get through this as much intact, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, as we can be. And that we are good for ourselves and good for each other. Thank you for listening. Um, Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. I would love it if you would like, you would share, you would 
subscribe, tell people about it. And if you have any ideas for people that you would like me to interview, I would love to hear what it is or who they are. Thank you for listening. Take care of everybody.